Hello and welcome to the Bears, Birds, and Brews podcast. This is a show about the Chicago Bears, the Atlanta Falcons, and craft beer. My name is Asa Wakani. My co-host is... Nabil Lalani. And on this week's episode, the Bears have been swallowing all night. Nabil and I played each other in fantasy football over the weekend. We'll tell you how that matchup went down. And we got some pretty good games to talk about. Maybe a little bit of revenge and a whole lot more coming up this week on Bears, Birds, and Brews. But first things first, let's go to Nabil and find out what Nabil is drinking this week. Nabil, what's going on, my friend? Hey, how you doing, bud? Uh, I am drinking a, um, a bubblegum lactose sour, you know, um, after that sour taste left in my mouth from yesterday's Bears game. Bigger, you know, need some bubblegum to freshen it up. Um, this is a sour that was given to me by Nader, a uh, former co-host. Um, this is by Martin House Brewing out in Dallas, which is foreshadowing something we talk about in a minute. So I figured go. might as well, good time to try this one out. So, I mean, this is a very, it smells like straight double bubble, like no lie. There you go. It smells like and, double. Uh, is it, so is there lactose in there? It tastes like straight double bubble too. Um, yes, it says it has lactose in it. Um, it's a bubblegum lactose sour, yeah. Okay. Probably lactose go. sugar, but yeah. No, it's, nice. it's, it's pretty refreshing. I mean, well, not refreshing. Very like, it's very bubblegummy. Very bubblegummy. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I know I've always said that um, a lot of Saison's have like a bubblegum taste to it. This is a completely different bubblegum taste to it. This is like straight double bubble. So, um, actually, yeah. 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 Actually, bubblegum. So, Martin House Brewing out in Dallas doing some interesting things. Okay, and yeah, there's going to be a lot more to talk about Dallas in just a minute. But um, very what cool. are you drinking? So I'm, I'm drinking a uh, fall. The beer is called Fall, F-A-L-L, Fall Coffee Stout from Maine Beer Company on Freeport, Maine, Ooh, you know. I love Maine Beer Company. Hell yeah, I got a tall boy here. This is a – how big is this thing? This is, this is one pint, so 0.9 fluid ounces 1.9 fluid ounce i don't know it's one pint of beer i got it's a big can though or it's a big bottle it's not even big bottle today not a can and uh <laughs> yeah it's a big bottle and um this is a like i said it's a coffee stout and it's pretty light though it's a 5.6 abv so not oh, not, uh, too bad. not what you think of when you when you normally go stout but it's all good um and to be honest, I don't know. I mean, it says drink fresh within 30 days of the, of the bottling. It kind of tastes a little flat, but then the more I drink it, I wonder if, oh, it's maybe not like your milky smooth stout. It's just one of those, like, it's 5.6, you know, so it's not going to be very boozy. It's going to be like an mm. easy drinking stout. And there's a little bit of coffee in here, which is good because we got a long night ahead. <laughs> and, um, yeah, last night was a long night too, right? Let's let's start there in the bill. What do you think about Monday Night Football? Uh, Steelers beat the Bears. You, take it away, um, my friend. You saw it. Yeah, I mean, starting off, I mean, you know, the offense started off. So, I mean, neither one of these teams were like offensive juggernauts, but it ended up being a semi-high scoring game for both of our both of our teams. Twenty-seven, twenty-nine. Bears lost. Um, just starting off, I mean, the defense severely misses Khalil Mack, as you can see. I mean, pass rush got there every now and then, but the defense misses Khalil Mack. And you also notice the, the, the loss of um, Eddie Jackson not being back there as well. So two key pieces on defense missing. Um, 
two key uh, pieces of the defense missing. And then um, we also saw that, um, you know, Big Ben was able to, like, you know, move the ball on the Bears defense. So defense needs Cleo Mack back. Um, we did see the return of David Montgomery, and we saw well, – before before you go there, Roquan Smith was playing, but Alec Ogletree was not, and Akeem Hicks got hurt in the game too. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, so that four key pieces of the defense were missing. Uh, yeah. Which, and, like, maybe your four best players on defense, arguably, or at least four of the top, you know, top four guys, some of them. Yeah, definitely. Um, but we did get one guy back on offense, which was David Montgomery. And um, it was like a it was very last minute. You know, I thought Khalil Herbert was going to be the starting running back would get most of the carries. But no, I mean, David Montgomery came back and, um, you know, Steelers have a very good run defense, but he didn't really miss a beat. I mean, there's a lot of runs. There was one run where he literally carried, you know, he got the first five yards and then carried six people to go the next five yards to get the first down. So, you know, fantasy-wise, David Montgomery is back. You know, if you have Khalil Herbert on your team and you've been kind of sitting on him, you know, for the past couple of weeks, you know, you may want to consider starting someone else because David Montgomery is back. He's, he's going to get a majority of the carries. Um, and, you know, the first half was kind of that. I mean, not much on the Bears' side. Uh, Steelers were up 14-3 to at halftime, I believe, and it was kind of just like, oh, you know, Bears are really bad on offense. I mean, on Twitter it was trending that, on Twitter, it was trending that, uh, you know, Matt Nagy should be fired at halftime. And then, um, you know, second half, you know, Bears come out and, you know, the offense starts rolling a little better. Um, you know, we start moving the ball around, you know, still not doing that great. But then in the fourth quarter, we see Justin Fields start doing Justin Fields things. I mean, we see him do a couple of drives. We saw one amazing pass to Jimmy Graham, you know, where he just drops a dime. But, you know, Justin Fields, I think this may be the Justin. I know I was saying last week was the Justin Fields game. I think this might be the Justin Fields game going against a better defense and then, you know, leading a drive to take the lead with, you know, you still left about a, about a minute and a half on the clock, which ultimately didn't work for your, work in your favor. But, you know, led a late drive, got a couple of touchdowns, got a touchdown that was called back that should have been a touchdown. And a lot of calls that didn't go your way, you know, especially with the roughing the passer that, Big Ben got, but Justin Fields did not. Yeah, so a couple of things about that, Nabil. In I, I mentioned it at the end of last week where mon, uh, Monday Night Football, first primetime game for Justin Fields, high-profile matchup there, also high-profile against the Steelers. And, you know, you draft a guy 11th overall to see what he can do on the big stage. And it seems like Justin Fields, we knew he's kind of ready for the big stage to start. He finally had an opportunity to show it. And not only did he play well, keep the Bears in the game, but the Bears scored on three consecutive drives at one point in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and I mean, that doesn't happen without good quarterback play. So, right. Um, it, we just got to clean it up and make sure, you know, those three consecutive drives are three consecutive touchdowns and not, right. not two field goals and a touchdown. But, you know, uh, some of that wasn't officiating. I mean, it should have been one field goal and two touchdowns, but then there was a phantom chop block that ended up being called back and calling back a Jimmy Graham touchdown. I mean, and then Darnell Mooney and Justin Fields, that connection is going to be a great connection for years going forward, as you can see. It was yeah. good also seeing that Justin Fields was able to target Allen Robinson a lot. Um, and, you know, and one huge play to set up that final touchdown, you know, came via an Allen Robinson reception that went for, I think, 25 or 30 yards. So, you know, we're starting to see that connection between the two players. Um, but, you know, Justin Fields, even though he played great, he wasn't the star of, of this week's game. 
Um, that has to go, that has to go to the ref, Corrente. I mean, you know, as they say, you know, the refs are the stars of the game. You know, Tim Donahue's a star of the game. I, you know, that one, um, that one ref in the NBA who like just threw out Tim Duncan for no reason, forget his name. Bald guy. Bald guy, star of the game. You know, he's the one that gets. Is it Steve Javi? I don't think it's Steve Javi. I mean, who can forget Ed Hockley's? You know, obviously right. the star of the game. But yeah, so um, everyone's talking about it. Um, you know, we saw, um, and I, I forget his Marsh. I believe his name is Marsh, the Bears um, linebacker who got a key sack on a third down to, you know, essentially force a punt. And um, he was a former member of the Steelers practice squad and he was cut a few weeks ago. And then, you know, he gets a key sack on Ben Roethlisberger, does an uh, amazing roundhouse kick to celebrate, and then just kind of stares at the Steelers' sideline. And then this ref bumps Marsh and then throws a flag of, for taunting. And it's just and – and that could have been a key to, like, essentially end the game right there. I mean, if oh. Steelers would have gotten one more first down, that could have been the game. Right. Well, and – it's funny you say it. So just for context to bring it back to some people, that play at that point, the Bears are up, right? Because Justin Fields takes No, at that off. point, the Bears are down. The Bears are down at that point. But that play would have gotten the Steelers off the field. Instead, it gives them a brand new set of downs because that sack mm-hmm. happened on third down. Steelers yeah. were getting out there to go special teams with it. Boom. And the team, the special teams is running on the field. The punter is running on the field. And mm-hmm. literally as they're lining up, they call – the taunting penalty, which, I mean, I think he probably did take an extended look at the sideline, you know, and I think he did take an extended look at that sideline there. But at the same time, uh, there's a lot of emotion in this game. We know it. And, like, you can't expect the players to know his history or, like, oh, he got cut by that team. I'm not upset with that call as much as Bears fans are. I thought was really uh, – Fishy was the referee bumping into him as he turned around from the bench going toward the Chicago bench. I feel like they said he was pulling the flag out as that was happening, but it almost seemed like he waited for that bump to happen before he threw the flag. Yeah. So not sure what's going on there, but then the Steelers would go down the field later on that same possession after being granted four downs and get another score out of it to then. No, 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 no. So after that, after that, um, after that flag, the Bears were able to force a punt on the next uh, – right after that, the Bears were able to force a punt. And then the Bears went down and scored that touchdown to Darnell Mooney. Mm-hmm. And then after that, the Steelers were able to, you know, uh, drive down on the Bears and score a field goal, which essentially won them the game. There you go. Yeah, and the Bills right on that. And, I mean, what a crazy game. Like, just – you take the officiating aside, and that was still a very entertaining game. And I also think, too, and every NFL fan has to go through this at some point where it's like – did the ref cost you the game? Yes, no, maybe. But you did have a chance after those controversial plays and calls happened to get back out there. I mean, the Bears ended the game with the offense on the field, you know? So the Bears did have another chance there. and uh, But still not ideal. And, you know, I mean, what one more can you say about that other than, like, you I mean, hate I, to see I, the referees involved like that? I, I will say the refs, you know, did cause the Bears to lose four points on that Jimmy Graham touchdown where there was a chop block that wasn't even there, which was called by the same ref who threw that flag against March as well. It was all Correnti. He threw that mm. flag too. Uh, that flag that, you know, it said James Daniels chop block TJ Watt, where T- he didn't even touch TJ Watt. 
Um, and he was within the tight end box too. He was in within the tackle box to be able to do that. And which is legal there, but yeah, he called that, um, that flag. And that essentially uh, took four points off the board because the bears scored a touchdown and then had settled for a field goal and the bears lost by what was it? Two points, 27, 29. Uh, yeah. That sounds about so right. Essentially the, the ref did take four points off the board. Um, you know, regardless, you know, you can say the bears scored that touchdown and then the game goes a completely different direction. You know, I'm, I'm not going to say the same results would have happened down the road because obviously the Steelers weren't going to settle for a field goal. Um, they're giving a it lot of differences. The whole context of it changes the yeah. whole context of the game, but you know, four points were taken off the board for the bears. So that, that I will say the refs did cost the bears four points. Now how, how that ends, it may not be the same results, but right. they did take four points off the board. So uh, I just want to go back. Well, not go back, but to clarify, jo- Joey Crawford is the NBA record thing. Mm. The bog guy. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, Joey Crawford, you know, start, star of the show. Yeah. The show. And, um, and then this new guy that we don't like either, but Cassius Ward seemed to be like a good pickup for y'all. You know, at least there's, yeah. some, if there is I, I don't know positive. how long he'll be on the team. I mean, he, he had, yeah, he did have a key sack and I'm assuming he's a special teams player, but he won't be that long on the team for that much longer. I mean, he'll probably go back to the practice squad. Once Khalil Mack is back, he's essentially there to fill a roster spot for Khalil Mack. So everyone elevates his spot and then he fills in, you know, the special teams and, you know, probably third down, third down linebacker or whatever. But he played well. I mean, he had a key play. He had a sick roundhouse kick. I'm so convinced the rep was just like, you know, just very jealous that he could do that sick of a roundhouse kick and just be like, nah, screw this guy. I don't like him. I can't do a roundhouse kick like that. And he just threw the flag. I, I know I was jealous. So yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, no, that was that was a great move, and it wasn't even during the game, but that was like one of those yeah. things you had to be watching to see and be amazed at. Just like, whoa. Um, moving forward, though, in terms of a good takeaway for the Bears from this game is he scored 27 points. Granted, that mm. there was a special team touchdown yeah. there involved, but I imagine because you've talked about the Bears' offensive struggles, it's got to be one of the higher scoring games you've seen out of a Justin Fields left offense led offense this year, probably. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. this. This was one of the better Justin Fields games. I mean, you know, still a lot to clean up. One interception that he did have was, you know, I wouldn't say that it was a legit interception. It was just an interception. I mean, very rarely does a defensive lineman, uh, you know, pat the ball down and still pick it off. So, but hey, he got the interception. That's all that really matters. Intercepted Um, by Lawrenceville's own Cameron Hayward. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, that touchdown pass to Darnell Mooney was very, you know, it was a very nice pass. A touchdown pass to Jimmy Graham that wasn't there was very nice as well. And it's still my favorite pass of the day was still the Jimmy Graham where it was a small window and it just fell right in his hand. Caught him semi in stride. I mean, there was one play I wish he could have back where he had Darnell Mooney wide open and he just missed him by like – he overthrew him by like a yard and a half. The deep ball. The, the deep, deep ball. ball. Actually, it might yeah. have been more like two yards because Mooney would have had to still dove for the yard and a half. So, yeah. you know, if he would have made it like two yards. A little, but, yeah, I mean, that's just going to come with more time and more reps. Um, and very excited to see that Allen Robinson is getting the ball more. Um, hoping that that, you know, steps up a little more because if Allen Robinson can be even a shell of, of, of what he was last year with Mitch Trubisky, this, this offense can become way more dynamic. Um, I don't know what's going to be, you know, in the future with Nagy. I mean, you know, we saw, we see Justin Fields progressing right now and he looks like he's progressing well. Um, you know, is it in spite of Nagy? Is it because of Nagy? I don't know. We are going to the bye week right now. So, you know, everyone's going to kind of, bye week probably came at the worst possible time because Justin Fields having back-to-back 
good games. You want to build on that, but now it's kind of a bye week and we see what happens after that. But at least we'll be able to get, you know, hopefully Cleo Mack coming back after that, Eddie Jackson coming back, and maybe a healthier offense and healthier defense going forward. Um, and, you know, going to the bye week, you know, we are three and six. I mean, we're not looking like we're world beaters. We're not looking like we're going to make the playoffs. But, you know, I don't think that's going to stop anybody. I mean, we still have, you know, four games within our division left, two with the Vikings, one with the Lions, one with the Packers. Um, a few winnable games, and, you know, maybe we can get close to 500 and see what we can do. But, you know, as of now, I think you're just going to the bye week, trying to get healthy and just trying to build on, you know, what we saw on the offense. Okay, and just to clarify – the Bears play the Lions on Thanksgiving after the bye week. So the next game is on Thanksgiving Day. Okay. Oh, is it? Wow. I didn't that realize right? that. Uh, because we're at week 10 right now, mm -hmm. if I'm correct, is week 10 and the Bears are on bye this week. And yeah. then the next game is therefore on Thanksgiving Day. Okay. The Lions. So you talk about two division Ooh. games left, the Lions being one of them, yeah. and just happens to be on Thanksgiving Day. So another high-profile Matchup, yep. although that is the first game on Thanksgiving Day. So not necessarily yeah. primetime, but I mean, if it's, I mean, it's a Thanksgiving you, you're Day still game. the only game on TV. You're all of America's watching. So, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll break down, you know, that preview more, you know, next week. Um, you know, wow, this can be three Sundays without Bears for me. I mean, I don't know how much I like that. I don't like how that was structured, but, you know, hey, you know, I, I like my one o'clock Sundays with Bears on, but, you know, I get to watch more of the league, I guess. So that'll, that'll be fun to watch this weekend and next weekend. Yeah, and we'll have to talk some. Uh, we'll have to talk some logistics too because that's a Thursday game, Thanksgiving. The Thursday before that, the Falcons are actually playing the Patriots. So we got two back-to-back -back Thursday games on this show with ten-day breaks after them. So All we right. might have a week off, though. We might have nice, a week nice. off. Nice. All right, I get my birthday off. <laughs> there you go. Um, okay, so that's that, and that's coming up in a couple of weeks. This past weekend, also the Atlanta Falcons went down to New Orleans, taking that Braves. World Series, tomahawking, chopping everything in his path, energy, and uh, they came out swinging. They came out looking pretty good. I mean, you know, like that's always a tough matchup, Falcons versus Saints. And early on in the game, the Falcons had the advantage of that. Falcons arguably, I mean, definitely had the advantage going into the game because the Saints were playing with Trevor Simeon. Michael Thomas didn't end up coming back after the bye week, which the Saints were planning on for the last three or four months. So, I mean, the shorthanded Saints looked like the shorthanded Saints early on in the game. And Matt Ryan and the Falcons were, you know, once, once they settled into the game, you got two touchdown uh, throws to Amadeus Zagias, which is, I don't even know if he, he maybe has scored one in the game. I mean, he scored two in this game. And both were really great throws by Matt Ryan. The first one, especially just like, right in that pocket where only Zacchaeus to get it, falling down to the ground in the middle of three Saints defenders. Uh, I love Mercedes-Benz Stadium, but honestly, there's I think the best image I have in, in my head of the NFL is the Falcons scoring touchdowns in the Superdome. Anytime it happens, it's just like a beautiful sight it's to okay. see. That, that, is that still the Mercedes-Benz Superdome? So it's fine. It's still Mercedes-Benz. No, it's actually not anymore. It's like the Harris. Oh, it's not? Oh, that, oh that's done Yeah, now? they changed the name this year, yeah. But it is still the Superdome, but it's not the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. But yeah, you just pulled a me and said something yeah. that you thought was right, but it actually wasn't right. And Boom. <laughs> but uh, And then speaking of touchdowns, so Matt Ryan also had a rushing touchdown. And I know earlier in the offseason, the Bill, you and I talked about the workout Matt Ryan's mobility to make him faster, stronger uh, outside the pocket this year. 
I mean, it's just the small things that pay off like that. Like one rushing touchdown did a lot to end that drive, especially when you can get your quarterback in to get him untouched for a touchdown. That's like the, that's like the best thing that anybody can see, right? Coaches, players, staff. Um, so Matt Ryan did that thing, then come out in the second half and it was a little tight in the third quarter. Then the fourth quarter, man, things got really interesting and the Falcons almost blew it. They technically did give up the lead at one point in the game. And, uh, and you thought, Oh man, here we go again. Not again, not again. But today, Sunday was a great day for Matt Ryan, 343 yards of total offense, a big portion of that, maybe even, I don't know if it was 40 yards, but a good portion of that came in the fourth quarter on the final drive of the game with the pass of Cordell Patterson, who had himself a heck of a game. He had over a hundred, uh, he had 136 yards from scrimmage total. And uh, he only had 10 rushing yards though, believe it or not, but he only had 10 rushing yards, but he had 136 yards from scrimmage total. He's had four uh, games with a hundred plus yards from scrimmage this year already. He's only had two in his career up until this point. So yeah. uh, great acquisition by Terry Fontenot, who went back to New Orleans. This was his revenge game. Is now no longer the assistant GM of the Saints, but he's the GM of the Atlanta Falcons. Went in there and got the W thanks to Matt Ryan, Cordell Patterson, and your boy, Mr. Youngway Koo. King Koo, baby. Game-winning field goal, third game-winning field goal for Koo this season. Right now, as of today, before – between week nine and 10 in the NFL, the Falcons are four and four and they're seventh in the NFC playoff standing. So right now they are a playoff team and the way that they played on Sunday for three and a half quarters, I would say they look like a playoff team. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, so a lot to be excited there. And before we go to the Falcons next game, I did want to just point out Justin Fields did draw the Steelers offside yesterday on the hard count. Mm-hmm. You talk about you talk about him getting better every single week, man. Stuff like that is like that's like a that's pro quarterback level. That's like not even just pro quarterback level. That's like elite pro quarterback level when you can do that. So it, that was awesome to see, and we'll talk more about that game in a minute. But Falcons beat New Orleans. Now they go to Dallas, and Dallas needs a win. I think Dallas needs a win really bad because you got Dak yeah. Prescott was out. They won the game, but then they got embarrassed on Sunday by the Broncos and yeah, definitely. Uh, and now you got Dan Quinn as a defensive coordinator he's trying to prove a point out there the Falcons no disrespect to Dan Quinn but it's a new team so they got to move forward and move beyond that like Dan Quinn isn't there anymore but they almost blew a lead yesterday so the Falcons also have a lot to prove in this game and uh, like we said the Falcons are a playoff team right now technically a lot of people expect the Cowboys to be a playoff team with the weapons and the team that they have, at least coming into the season. You wouldn't be surprised to see them in contention. So um, what am I looking for in this game? Well, the Falcons offense knows Dan Quinn's defense, right? They know exactly what works, that beat that soft zone. Um, Dan Quinn's going to be fast and physical. He's probably using the same terminology and motivation that he did in Atlanta. So I think as long as you can protect the edge – and protect the offensive line. I mean, Matt Ryan had much better coverage this game than he did against the Carolina Panthers, and you saw what the result was. 343 yards. He now has 73 300-yard passing games since 1950. He's tied uh, with Phillip Rivers for fourth overall on that list of 300-plus yard games, since uh, passing games, yard games since 1950. And 
the the Falcons are going to have to be creative once again. You know, like, are you going to run Matt Ryan out on the bootleg at the goal line? You can do it. You got two tight ends that you can still use because you didn't trade either of them. You got Zacchaeus showed that he can get open. I mean, he he's not going to be a consistent threat anymore, but if Russell Gage can step up, if Tajay Sharp can step up, do, are we going to see Frank Darby at all, you know? And combine the Falcons rushing attack, Nabil, believe it or not, combine between um, Mike Davis and Cordell Patterson, the Falcons had 23 rushing yards. Think about that. Hmm. Yeah. They literally did all of that in the game on Sunday through the air, pretty much, right? And um, Matt Ryan had eight rushing yards. One of those was a touchdown. Felipe Franks had three rushing yards. Like the Falcons literally have 50 yards rushing, less than 50 yards rushing as a team. Don't expect that to happen on Sunday. So now it's a multifaceted game. You don't have to use the same game plan, clearly. And uh, I like the Falcons' chances here partially because – they're familiar with Dan Quinn, right? I think I think that's a big part of it. And, um, you know, but you also got to expect that Dak Prescott and, and Ezekiel Elliott, they beat the Cowboys. I mean, they beat the Falcons, if not last year, within the last two years. The last time the Cowboys came to Atlanta, they won. So, I mean, you got to think at least those two leaders of that team are very confident. And then you got CeeDee Lamb is coming back. Amari Cooper is going to be there. So A.J. Terrell is going to have his hands full. Where are you going to put him at on the field? And wherever you put him, he's going to take care of that assignment. But now what's going to happen with the other receivers? And then you can bring Zeke out the backfield. He can block. He can run all day. What are you going to do there? And then Diggs on the other side of the defense. I mean, is he going to be put on Kyle Pitts? Like, is the hybrid unicorn going to ruin game plans for defensive coordinators? Or is it going to be, okay, Diggs and Kyle Pitts match up. So those two equal each other out. Now, what do you do? You know? Um, so it should be a great game. I think both of them are rookies. I don't know. Diggs isn't a rookie, is he? Diggs is not a rookie. No, D- Diggs came out the same year as AJ Terrell. They're both two second year, I believe. Okay. So he is still um, pretty young, though. Yeah. yeah. Definitely um, yeah. Michael Parsons is a rookie you're thinking of, and he's been disruptive. He's been very disruptive this year. So that's what I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, where he's going to play. Is he going to play a linebacker? Is he going to play a defensive end? Is he going to play all over the place? I mean, Michael Parsons is, you know, he's probably defensive rookie of the year at this point, and he's going to be all over the place this week. So that's who I'd be looking to try to figure out a way to stop, you know, right now. You know, if I'm Arthur Smith or, you know, uh, Dave Ragone, that's who I'm trying to figure out how to stop or how to scheme around. And so we'll talk more about that in a minute in terms of what the result of that game is going to be. But, Nabil, we had another game happen over the weekend on this show. And Yeah, uh, yeah, we did. We did. <laughs> yeah. We're, I mean, I, I, I won. I beat Nabil yeah. in fantasy football this week. It was only a regular season win. It's still – I don't know if I've beaten Nabil in the championship before, but you did beat me in the championship that one year. So this was my revenge, yeah. uh, kind of, sort of. And uh, got that back from you. I won 86 to 80. Going into Monday Night Football, you had Khalil Herbert and David Montgomery on your bench. Yeah. And then I had the Steelers defense. And you were winning 76.74 to 76.04. We were literally like 0.7 points apart uh, going into Monday Night Football with one player left. And the Steelers defense came through for me. It looked pretty good. But then the th- late third quarter and fourth quarter happened for the Bears, and, and the special teams touchdown happened. You got the Mooney rushing touchdown. You got mm-hmm. the Mooney passing or uh, receiving touchdown, which before we get into our matchup, too, I would say that um, 
I actually had Darnell Mooney going in my other league. I'm only doing two leagues this year. I had Darnell Mooney going in my Mizzou league, and I was down five going into Monday Night Football. And Mooney so was you the won. Guy. <laughs> I won both leagues off one game and uh, kind of opposites, right? Because, yeah, the Bears offense going against the Steelers defense. So, like, both scenarios played out exactly just as well as they could have for me. Because Mooney, I only needed six points from him in the other league. I got 20. And then against you, I needed, like, 0.7 plus the differential of whatever Khalil Herbert was going to do, which yeah. didn't do anything. And yeah. um, I, last thing I'll say before I let you comment on that, Nabil, you and I had two of the three lowest scoring teams in the entire league this week. Yeah. We would <laughs> we would have only beaten one person and you're beating your one person might maybe I don't even know I mean it's like less than one point that you would have won on that one. But we had mm-hmm. two of the three lowest scoring teams in the league this week. I just happened to play you of all people. I mean, I couldn't have been <laughs> any luckier on Monday night football. This is like the third week in Monday night football where I've come through with a win and it kind of improbably. But uh yeah. good game. Great game. Yeah. You know. Good game. Good game. I mean, um, it was a it was a rough week. I mean, you know, a lot of my key players had something out, and but you know, no excuses. I mean, you know, Matt Stafford really uh, shut the bed. Um, yeah, that that's kind of what I, I think kind of just messed it all up for me. But it's all good. Uh, you know, yeah. this week I have a good matchup against Anil, and we'll we'll go from there. We'll see what happens. I mean, hey, I, I think you're second. I'm third right now. Urslan beat both of us, so he's first. So it's fine. Yeah. You know, you know, playoffs is where you know champions are made. So you know, I'll see you, I'll see you in the playoffs. Right, yeah, I would love to. I would love to play you again in the playoffs for sure. And that one, it presumably, is definitely going to be more high stakes than this one has. Because even though I'm second place right now, we're still halfway through the season. Unfortunately, we only got two months left of football, man. It's flying by. It's flying goes by, by for us. Goes by fast. And uh, just pro tip, I will say I did intentionally pick the Steelers' defense to go against you during my waivers last mm. week. I think what I figured out in fantasy football is like if my guy is a fan let's see he's a falcons fan and then i had to choose like i could have picked up marquez qualaway from the saints this week because i know it's going to hurt you personally especially if i can do damage with you in fantasy football so it's just one of those things like you never want to put a flex player on thursday night you know mm-hmm. and yeah. so and then if you got if you can match up against the guys other team in real life with your fantasy team uh i like to hedge that bet that way that's why i did it paid off for me but we'll see what happens um, we'll also see what happens with the Cleveland Brown. Nick Chubb is out, although he is more than immunized. He is vaccinated. So now he only has to produce two negative COVID tests in the yeah. next 24 hours or at some point within the next 24 hours. Yeah. Yeah. I would, but, you know, I would still say, you know, go ahead and try to get Dearness Johnson if, you know, he's available. I mean, I know he was a pickup a couple of weeks ago. So Dearness Johnson is a player that I would, you know, see if he's available. Or if you have him, you know, I would monitor to maybe start him uh, this week. Um, you know, an, another player I would look at is Donovan Peoples Jones. I mean, since OBJ has been, you know, going through waivers, I don't think he's been picked up yet. He did clear waivers, though. Um, Dominant people Jones will be getting a lot more looks from Baker Mayfield. He's always been a favorite to begin with. So that's a player I would look into. Yeah. Also- and uh, yeah, no, totally. And I, I did want to point out a fancy dilemma that I'm having this year, actually, which is I have Kyler Murray on mm-hmm. one of my teams. And I mean, and I have Patrick Mahomes too, who also didn't play well on Sunday to match up against Matt Stafford. So both of these two guys who are QB ones, literally and figuratively, I mean, when it comes to fantasy football. So if you got Kyler Murray, I'm seeing Baker Mayfield on some lineups. I don't know if you want to do him. 
But in the bill, I would say if you could find a way to stash Carson Wentz, because he's still available in mm-hmm. some places. And um, if you need a good spot start, I mean, you really just got to know what you're doing on the field. But there is a dilemma out there for quarter for people who have Kyler Murray on their fantasy team this year. Carson Wentz, if you can pick him up, man, I would go get him ASAP. I will say that, um, yeah, that's a good pickup. Um, I've seen Matt Ryan available in a lot of leagues where, like, he's just still available, which is crazy. And, you know, even Justin Fields, I mean, he looks like the last two games he has kind of turned the corner and he's kind of – he is putting up, you know, better numbers. And the thing is you get rushing yards from, you know, Justin Fields. So Justin Fields could be a stash, you know, that could be like, you know, similar, you know, get you, you know, between 15 to 20 points depending on, you know, what the matchup is. Yeah, and I in one of my leagues, I think I might pick up Teddy Bridgewater actually, uh, because I don't know if I can go with Mac Jones again going against the Patriots defense. Or, I mean, sorry, Baker Mayfield going against yeah. the Patriots defense. So we'll see. And then Mac Jones going against Cleveland. Teddy Bridgewater, another good find if you can get him. And um, uh, what else you got? Uh, so the last thing I have is I would just say monitor the Aaron Rodgers situation. It looked like last week when um, the Packers were playing, when Jordan Love was on the field, they were leaning a lot more towards A.J. Dillon than um, Aaron Jones. Yeah. Um, I, said, I think I think you saw that, didn't you? Just looking at the reps that came up. Um, yeah. So A.J. Dillon might be a player that you might want to spot start, especially if, you, you know, I know – David Montgomery is on by a lot of good running backs on by. So AJ Dillon might be a good spot start, especially if you do see Aaron Rodgers is going to be out, um, you know, with the power running game AJ Dillon provides, it might be something that, um, you know, Jordan Love is more comfortable with than what um, Aaron Jones kind of does. Man, we're giving y'all some great fantasy advice. If you're still listening and you take our advice, please let us know. But we've given away some real great gems here tonight. But I think I really do think so. Um, I know I had, Maybe something else I want to say about that, but we'll move to the next topic, which is in terms of fantasy that we talk about free agents you can pick up, but the NFL has a real free agent to potentially mm-hmm. pick up this week or, and, or a free agent has a place that he can pick this coming week. Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. is officially as of 4 PM today, a free agent. what do you think? Mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, don't go to green Bay. I mean, yeah. That, that, right. that, that's the only thing I'm going to say to Odell. I mean, hey, you know, pick your spot. Pick where you want to go. Just don't go to Green Bay. I mean, honestly, they're, they're talking, you know, he may go to Tampa. Apparently, him and Tom Brady have a great relationship, and that would be very interesting to see. Um, the place that's I would look at. Antonio Brown being hurt, right? Antonio yeah, Brown I mean, but, but that's just too many receivers. I think that's way too many receivers and just with one ball. Uh, where I would like to see Odell go, honestly, Kansas City. I feel like Kansas City has been trying to find a wide receiver, too, for a while. I mean, and, mm-hmm. you know, you already have Tyreek Hill. You already have uh, Kelsey. Just, you know, put o- OBJ over there. I mean, that would be more fun to watch. I mean, you know, there's also L.A. that people are talking about, the Saints. But the Saints don't really have a quarterback right now. And I think OBJ wants to go somewhere where he can kind of prove himself that he is still an elite top five wide receiver. So why not go to Kansas City? I mean, if, if you go to Tampa, yeah, you can you may win a ring, but you know, are you going to prove yourself as a top five wide receiver? Probably not. Um, well, and you, you could also win a win a ring in Kansas City too. Yeah, right. I mean, they're not out um, of by any means. Yeah, I mean, Rams are also a spot. I mean, and if he doesn't go to Kansas City, the next place I would like to see him go is Seattle. I mean, Seattle already has DK Metcalf. They have Tyler Lockett. Russell Wilson is supposedly coming back this week against Green Bay. You know. 
go to Seattle, that will be very interesting. Um, you know, Russell Wilson, is, you know, needs more wide receiver, needs more weapons. That could be an incentive for him to stay in Seattle. So that's another place I would like to see. Um, but honestly, just anywhere but Green Bay. There you go. Oh, yeah, and, and Green Bay would be a phenomenal fit, objectively speaking, for Odell Beckham Jr. and the Packers. But we'll see what happens. I think regardless of that free agent pickup in the NFL or your free agent pickups in fantasy – Champions could be made this weekend, right? It's what happens this time of year when you're midway through the game or you're midway through the season, you're making the adjustments. What do we take? What do we need to take the next step and get us that missing piece, that one missing piece, right? So for the Chiefs, it could be a second wide receiver. And uh, we'll see what happens with Odell Beckham Jr. Russell Wilson advocating for him to come to Seattle already. So um, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens here in the next two months. And uh, it's also going to be interesting to see what happens this weekend with predictions. College football, I mean, college basketball starts tonight too, FYI. Oh, interesting. Nice. So, yeah, nice. I mean, you know, and it's crazy, man. We just got done with baseball. The Braves are still World Series champions in case you weren't aware, in case you <laughs> missed it, or you weren't sure. They're still the World Series champions here in Atlanta. And um, the Falcons will not be in Atlanta this weekend, in the bill, but they will be in Dallas, where the line is Dallas minus nine. What do you think about that? I think that's a huge line. I don't think that I don't think Atlanta is getting enough respect. That's a huge line, nine points, especially with what Atlanta did last week in Saints. I know it was a Trevor Simeon Saints, but still, um, I think that's a lot of points to give up. And um, uh, Nabil, be, before you make your prediction, please note that the Cowboys actually had to place their kicker. I believe it's Greg Zerline on yeah. the COVID nineteen IR list. He is probably not going to play on Sunday. And the, and the Cowboys are probably shopping for a kicker right now mm. to play on Sunday. So you talk about a nine-point line right there, no respect. But also, literally, that line could change between now and game time for sure. Mm. And, Asif, I was supposed to remind you. So, hey, Asif, something about the Cowboys kicker, just, just in case you forget, something about the Cowboys kicker. I was supposed to remind <laughs> you about that. So. I, I have it written down right here. See? Right, right in my notes. Uh, Cowboys oh, kicker. Oh, there you go. So yeah, well, you know, I I I I got your back on this. I was gonna um, say, well then remind me of that prediction that you haven't made yet. Yes. Um I think it's a lot of points. Uh it's the Dan Quinn revenge game. Uh, have Falcons put up what three games, three game winning streak, two game winning streak? So they won two, then they lost Sunday to Carolina, and so they're on a one game one gamer streak. One, yeah, gamer. one gamer. You know what? Yeah. Um Cowboys coming off a tough loss. I think I got the Cowboys winning, but nine points is way too much. I got Cowboys winning 24-21 off of a field goal by who knows who. Yeah. How crazy would that be if the Cowboys make a game-winning field goal to win this when they don't even have a kicker as of right now? Um, No, fascinating stuff. I think this might be actually one of the best games of the Sunday slate, to be honest, because you got two teams that are playing well right now have a lot to prove and that aren't like fluke teams, right? Like if I told you, I mean, you got Dak Prescott, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper, CD Lamb, Mike McCarthy, like the Cowboys are made to be a good team. And then we know what the Falcons have been doing all year. So I think this is going to be one of the better games on Sunday. And I don't know how we normally pick on the show in terms of our favorite teams, but man, I feel like it's going to be a seven point game. So instead of nine, I think it's going to be a one touchdown game or one possession game, I should say. But I think it's going to come down to seven points. And I almost wonder if the Falcons are going to win 27 to 20. Okay. There you go. I actually, 
follow my train of thought all the way through on that. Isn't that amazing? Sometimes, sometimes you can do that. Sometimes you can do that. Sometimes being maybe the first time it's ever happened. Maybe it's because of the coffee. Maybe it's the coffee. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, and the stout is warming up. It tastes better. It's pretty good. Like, if you accept it as a light stout, not a heavy stout, it's a solid beer, the fall from uh, Main Beer Company. Next game that we're going to predict is Saints of Tennessee. Man, this is a great weekend to be in Nashville because you got New Orleans down there and you got Nashville coming down there. That's going to be a hell of a game. And uh, the line on that one is Tennessee minus three. Man, Tennessee's coming off a huge win against the Rams, right? They, they just dominated the Rams on the road on Sunday night football. I think that for sure is going to put them in the advantage, especially now when you don't have Michael Thomas. You don't have the emotion of playing your arch rival, so you can't necessarily muster up that energy. You have to be good all 60 minutes of that game. And Trevor Simeon is doing okay, but that Tennessee defense looked really, really good on Sunday. I'm going to take Tennessee here. Um, Saints will score 17. Tennessee price score like 24. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I got Tennessee as well. I mean, I don't know what's going on with the Saints quarterback situation. I, I think it's Trevor Simeon, but I think we did see some, uh, you know, Taysom Hill Taysom come in. Hill. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I also got Tennessee. Um, what, what was the line again? Was it three? Tennessee minus three at home. Yeah. I think it's going to be more than that. Um, you know, I'll take Tennessee 24-17. Okay. Okay. Um, and then lastly, Seahawks, Packers, Aaron Rodgers is going to play. We didn't get Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes last week, unfortunately. It worked out very well for the Chiefs. Uh, Aaron Rodgers hopefully coming back this game. It's in Green Bay. I thought it was in Seattle, and Green Bay is minus three. But who you got? Well, again, it depends on if Aaron Rodgers is or isn't going to play. I think that's still up in question from what I last saw the reports being. Um, You know, I think think it's going to be interesting. Um, It also depends if Russell Wilson is coming back, so it's very difficult to predict this game, which is kind of why I wanted to predict it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, so, you know, right now with all things out there, Assuming right now, I'm assuming Geno Smith versus Jordan Love. So I'm going to go ahead and take Seattle um, 20 to 17. Okay. And if it is Geno Smith versus Jordan Love, you can come watch me perform at the Interfaith Fall Festival at the Atlanta Beltline right outside of New Rum. I got to do a family friendly, quote unquote, family friendly set in the I don't know what's going to happen, but I can tell you. You should show up with your shirt off. Uh, well, I'm probably going to be wearing Falcons here because hopefully we'll get that W. Or even if we don't win that, I'll still wear the Atlanta stuff. But if it is Geno Smith versus Jordan Love, believe me, come see a better show where I'm performing because I don't know if anybody wants to see that. If it's Aaron Rodgers versus Russell Wilson, though, I'm going to take the Packers uh, 31-27. And if it's neither – and if one of those guys isn't playing but one does, uh, if, if the Seahawks play, I'll take the Seahawks for sure. All right, man, if Russell Wilson plays, I'll take Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. And if, if the Packers have Jordan Love, I don't think they're going to win. So I'll just go straight money line on that one. Um, you know, so we'll see what happens there. Thank you all for listening so much. I know we're kind of all over the place today. But um, once again, I did beat Nabil on fantasy this week. That's my final words for the show. Nabil, what you got? Take him home, my friend. The Bears have been swallowing all night. 